podcast is a proud member of the CypherCast Network. Discover more at CypherCast.net and follow us on Twitter at CypherCast.net. Welcome to Incantations, an Invisible Sun podcast. I'm Scott. And I'm Dave. And we'll be your guides along the path of suns. Today we sing, My Path Takes Me Strange Places, wherein we talk about the path of suns. Join us on the path of suns and we may uncover a secret or two. When we cast My Path Takes Me Strange Places, we discuss the setting of Invisible Sun. Today we will discuss how to make travel along the path of suns interesting in your games. This uh, topic is notable because I think it might be our first Twitter request for a topic. Oh man, was it? I think so. Uh, hopefully I haven't forgotten some a while back. Uh, but this was a relatively recent request on Twitter for us to cover the topic, and we are happy to take suggestions. Uh, we don't promise to take all of them, but uh, we are we, we love to hear what people uh, are interested in and how we might be helpful. So we uh, tackled this as soon as, as soon as we got through our kind of rush after Gen Con and all of the madness of scheduling that, hmm. uh, and are happy to talk about something that at least one person is intensely interested in. Uh, who requested this one? Let's give them uh, a shout out, I guess. It's been a couple weeks. So I, I did not write down who, who actually made the request. Um, but you could also request that we mention that you made the request. And we will then we will, we will honor that as well. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. Travel in the Path of Suns is interesting in that the, the game is set up as this setting that includes various suns. The Path of Suns is an important part of our game and gameplay with the uh, the Testament and, and uh, our use of the Sooth deck, all of that. But there's surprisingly little in the books about how you travel from realm to realm. Uh, as in the, uh, in the Black Cube itself, there's about two columns of text, uh, and that may be rounding up uh, in the path. And, and you're not you're not referring to like how you like which sun you go to from one sun to another, correct? No, I'm, I mean, the, the means of transportation. Yeah. So like, what's it called in the strange translating? Yes. In the strange, they do. We, there's a process called translation uh, and there are elaborate rules for that translation. Every character has different or, or I should say character type has different advantages that they bring to group translation. And uh, so th it goes all the way down to character creation, uh, as well as having uh, potential errors in translation and a, a deck associated with those errors. So there's In The Strange, there's an elaborate set of rules related to this travel. Mm -hmm. In uh, Invisible Sun, there isn't nearly as much in the way of setting material or rules about this. Are there any rules about it? There are some setting details about ways that people can travel, mm -hmm. and there are some character abilities we'll discuss that note that they allow you to travel, but not much uh, in the way of rules about it. And so, uh, like, and, and they, they were completely absent the playtest. So I brazenly broke, now I know, you know, breaking some of the uh, 
not rules necessarily, but setting material for the the path itself and travel because I just was unaware when I was designing that campaign. Uh, so there, there's not a lot there. And what there is is mostly thematic rather than uh, hard and fast rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of mystery too, where uh, even contradictory information. So we'll, we'll sort through some of that uh, and leave some uh, enticing contradictions and uh, engage the themes a bit um, to, uh, with the emphasis on providing options for how you can make travel between the suns in your game more interesting, uh, even if different people will choose different ways to make that travel more interesting. Cool. It, it's worth remembering that the Path of Suns is a map but it's a map in two senses that is emphasized in uh, the path, the book, the path. Uh, it's a map you could think of as realms, and people might uh, think of this almost like the uh, multiversal maps from other RPG settings or um, other works of fiction, where you might travel from one realm to another. You might travel from the earthly realm to the ethereal realm or something along those lines. And you may have a map of how you get from Earth to the ethereal and from the ethereal to the inner plane of of water or whatever it may be. So a, a map of literal, literally different places you would travel to that if you had the right portals, you could literally walk from one place to another. And that's one way to understand the Path of Suns. But another that is emphasized in the text is that it is actually also a map of the uh, Vizlay soul that all of us have within us the path of suns and the path of suns indicates kind of a growing wisdom um, or a, at least growing self-awareness through stepping from sun to sun uh, as, as part of this internal journey. And, and this emphasizes a major theme in the game as a whole, which is the, the dynamic connection between microcosm and macrocosm that, the, ma- the Path of Suns is the macrocosm as a map of all of the actuality, in kind of like a map of the entire universe. But it is also a map of the microcosm, which is the internal components of an individual soul or, or essence or something along those lines. And the correspondence between these two is an important theme that gets picked up a lot in Invisible Sun. Uh, and you can, you can play with that in terms of travel as well, because travel is then both a way your physical body moves from place to place and a way that you move internally from sort of mental state to mental state. Uh, and it may even require both the mental attunement to a new location and the physical relocation to a new location. Whichever of those you emphasize, it depends upon the nature of your game. A traditional fantasy style game, you're going to emphasize the macrocosm and these elaborate journeys to faraway places like another sun. A metaphysically oriented game might focus more upon the emotional and uh, kind of intellectual journey that one takes internally to move from sun to sun. I think this is the part of the game that I've never really sort of uh, figured out on my end. Like, I think I have an, an, an idea of what this all means, the whole microcosm, micro, microcosm, macrocosm. And I guess the way I've looked at it is like the different suns are different aspects of humanity or what, a, you know, the different aspects of your personality. Is that kind of what you're you're going for here? Right. That you you are uh, 
to travel the path of sons internally is to acknowledge the various aspects of one's uh, soul. Like there's a destructive aspect represented by the red sun. Mm-hmm. And, and the argument being that we all have a destructive aspect, we all have a creative aspect, we all have an aspect that engages the meaning of death, and we all have an aspect that engages the meaning of truth and lies. Okay. And these are all represented by sons. All right, then I'm on the same page. <laughs> um, it's a vague enough page that we can all be on the same page and mm-hmm. be running very different campaigns that use travel in different ways. And, and that's fine. That's that's how the game is built and, and what Ooh. it's intended to do. So it's vague enough that we could all have different ideas of what it actually means. And then we could really argue about it and get mad at each other. Um, or just get along and recognize that we all have these differences. <laughs> but if you really want to, to uh, uh, disagree with people, this is probably one of the easier places to find major disagreements because the way you describe travel will depend so much on the nature and theme of your game. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we'll talk about some of those options a little bit later today. Cool. Uh, but before we talk about the means of transportation, it, it's also uh, part of the discussion of, tra- of travel in the path emphasizes that when you first travel to a new sun, you must confront the guardian of that sun. And that this confrontation is a metaphysical exercise. This is an opportunity for a wonderful set piece scene for your game, because you'll know whenever they travel to the green sun, they are supposed to meet with the guardian or the warden of that sun. I'm not even sure those are necessarily the same entity. Um, I've treated them as such. So I've had the guardian of the green sun be Cherulus. Mm-hmm. on the, the day side path of the green sun. And the first time the uh, party visited the green sun, they uh, ran into Cherulus. And so they had that confrontation and they visited the blue sun and ran into Mara, the, uh, the warden of the blue sun. So this is an opportunity to introduce elements of the setting and the wardens. Uh, and it says it's only on the first visit, but that's not exactly how I've played it. <laughs> um, I think you would. I think the first visit is important, uh, and then subsequent visits, if it's interesting, I would have them encounter the warden. Right, because meeting with the warden every time would just get a little old, possibly. Yeah. So uh, the how I have arranged it is that. Uh, you can't that there's a sense of attunement or acceptance that when the warden allows it, you can travel freely to a son. Mm-hmm. So the first time you visit, you will not have that allowance and uh, you will confront the uh, the warden. Uh, if you, for whatever reason, do not gain their favor, you would still have to confront them every time. But you might through some actions gain their favor and then be able to travel more freely. This way, once it became tedious to always run into the warden. There's a mechanism to just say, okay, we're going to bypass that part now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of how I've been doing it. Um, there have been a couple of sons that my group has revisited and on subsequent visits, they, they haven't had to deal with the warden because they've, they've gone through that exercise the first time around. Mm-hmm. Um, though the warden of the night side of green is somebody that they're going to have to interact with again at some point. Yes. Um, I think in my group, we have only uh, uh, seen that uh, the Warden of the Night Side, and they have a bit of a, an influence, but they have there hasn't been a direct confrontation, but there may be. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is, I, I, I don't have this later in my outline, so I'll go ahead and tackle it here. One of the interesting questions and in, in an example of the ambiguity of the system is that travel along the path of suns is typically described as moving down the path from silver to gold and then back up the night side from night side gold back up to night side silver. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are also indications you can travel from the day side to the night side of an individual sun uh, in some cases. So there's ways to travel kind of outside of that strict path, though that may be difficult and problematic. Um, I guess going along with that, there may be other paths through the suns mm-hmm. because there are different currents of magic, which would suggest there are different paths that you could actually travel upon. Yes. And there, there's a mention in the path that uh, one can travel to uh, out of sequence along the path, but it is rumored that such uh, travel uh, creates, let's see it's called a soul corruption. <laughs> and that may also be the case if traveling from night, uh, day side to night side, which would technically be bypassing a, a large part of the path itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is not a rule. It is a rumor and you can kind of play with that however you like. Uh, get, the <laughs> currents were introduced later in book M. Oh, were and those introduced later? I thought they were mentioned. I think they might've been mentioned, but they were like the, they were described in more than a sentence. Oh, um, they were definitely mentioned in the core books that there are different currents of magic. Uh, but yeah, there is a bit more discussion in book M, uh, but they're nothing. It's nothing that's like, you know, concretely defined anywhere. They just give it, they give some of the currents a name here and there. Right. And it's, it, it's not clear. And you could play this however you want in your game, whether different currents might lead to soul corruption or whether it is simply an attunement to a different current, which would be interpreted by a corruption of those who are dedicated to the traditional path, uh, but might not really be corruption. It might just be choosing this alternative current. Um, so this reminds me that I've, I've been chewing over something that I've been trying to figure out in my game, which is, uh, the weaver in my game has enough sorcery that he can cast extremely powerful spells. Like, I think he's sitting on like 10 or 12 sorcery. And when, uh, when magic is flowing the right way for him, uh, which is more frequent now because he's aware of some of the other currents of magic, uh, he can basically travel to any universe and teleport everybody that's with him. (laughs) Um, And I've been thinking about this because this is one of the, you know, big hurdles in front of me that I've been trying to work through. Uh, And I was, um, I guess, wondering what I can do to not really discourage him from doing it, but to make it not such an easy solution to some of the problems that they run into. And I think soul corruption might be an interesting way to go about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also had another idea um, that if you are jumping from one son to another, you know, that's going to get the attention of certain entities that mm-hmm. may not be super interested in having that happen. Um, but that's something I can't really talk about because it <laughs> gets into some of the, you know, deeper secrets in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but would you interpret the ability to teleport, to travel or teleport to any universe as walking the path or traveling along the path of suns? I think it would be this sort of subversion of the path. 
that if you're bouncing from sun to sun without take without the sequence, then it would ha- it would it have the subversive quality. Now, whether that's subverting the path itself and undermining its own integrity, or it's harming the integrity of the uh, Vizlay who's doing th- who's initiating this travel, is sort of an open question. And again, it fits with the microcosm macrocosm uh, discussion. It may have both of those implications. Uh, it may also be that it's not really soul corruption, but it it uh, marks you in some way. So in, in our campaign, we have uh, established that when you travel to different suns, it leaves a bit of a residue. Mm-hmm. So you could actually identify who has traveled to which suns uh, and travel in a way that is inconsistent with the traditional path of suns um, or ways along certain currents could well leave a similar residue that uh, r- remains on, say, the aura of the Vizlay or something along those lines. That may make you marked by some as uh, anathema, um, or it might be it might have an actual mechanical component, like a it lead to a disease or curse. Oh yeah, I think I'm going to be messing around with something like that. <laughs> All of the above. Yeah. Well, let's talk a bit about the actual means of transportation, uh, and they're 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 varied, uh, but I want to provide some inspiration for how you can play with this. Uh, well, the- before we get into that. Yeah. Um, when Vizlay are just starting out, like first session, do you know if there's any information for them to go off of if they were interested in traveling the path? Because I know of a couple ways that they can do it, but it seems like just starting out, traveling the path of suns is fairly obscure. There is a forte that is focused on traveling the path of suns. But it are are you talking about um, like walk the path? Is that the first yes. thing? Walks the path. I think so. But even from the get go, there's nothing in there that says you can travel. You can walk the path of suns. It's it nope. seems more like an aspirational forte. It is aspirational. That's what I'm saying. So the, the at least the aspiration is built in from the beginning. Yeah. Now how you do it is not described in uh, the uh, the key. I don't believe. So you'd have that's kind of a secret of the setting you'd have to uncover uh, mm-hmm. unless the you choose just to make this a common occurrence that everyone would know about in Saturn. OK. Uh, but you could you could you know turn that dial up or down however you want, how mysterious it is. It is interesting that in uh, I've not seen all of the actual plays, but in uh, those that I've seen, there's been very little travel. Uh, to other suns, I, th- I believe there's in in uh, the Raven wants what you have. Did they visit the Pale Sun, or maybe I'm getting two of the actual place mixed up? But I think there was a visit to the the Pale Sun. There uh, definitely it, was in the Woman with Hollow Eyes. Woman with Hollow Eyes. That's what it was. Okay, yeah, there and was a visit. Traveled to the- on a ship that would sail along the path of suns. Mm-hmm. But of all the actual places, it's relatively uncommon to travel the path of suns. In the uh, the the one shot, there's no travel along the path of suns. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not deep into the directed campaign, but there has not been any travel along the path of suns just yet. So it's not something that's really been emphasized yet, and I think we are going to see a lot more of that with the eventual release of the Enchidrian of the Path, where they'll talk more about how you actually have campaigns based upon travel rather than uh, all the information we have now focusing on. Uh, Saturine and uh, Indigo. Yeah, that makes sense. 
but there are some options and it can, in the cube uh, as well as later where players could very easily discover uh, or choose to research how to travel. And probably the most common means of travel is just spellcasting. And yeah, there are spells, including Pathwalker, that just allow you to travel along the Path of Suns. Yeah, and Pathwalker is a level five general spell, uh, I believe, that allows you to travel from one sec one sun to the you know the either the next sun or the previous sun on the path, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I believe that's the case, and it implies there may be options for other spells at higher levels that would allow you to travel off path. Or um, that someone attuned to a current might be able to travel along a different current. I've uh, the way that I've been running that spell is when they travel the other direction on the path, they go to the night side. <laughs> because like the normal flow of the path of suns is silver to gold, and if you're going the other way, you're going the night side path. That makes sense. I could see interpreting that a couple different ways. Mm -hmm. because to travel from, let's say, green to blue, um, that is the traditional path. Now, yeah. the question is, if you're traveling from blue to green, does it follow the same sort of path? You're just traveling on that path backwards, or is it that the directionality, it, what kind of what's more important, sequence or directionality? Because you're traveling in the night side direction, but you're currently residing on the day side. So it, it, you can, there, there's no rule about how that is handled and you can choose to handle that how you wish. And I think yeah. bringing up the night side is kind of fun because it brings more of the setting into it. Yeah, uh, it, it brings more of the setting in and it makes the travel a little more significant. Mm -hmm. Like you have more work that you have to do to get to your destination. And it also sort of reinforces like, you know, there are a lot of uh, rules and rituals that you have to go through in order to make these things work because that's just how magic is. That makes a lot of sense. I like that idea. I had not thought of that. <laughs> well, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, and I said, I, I broke a lot of the rules or not rules, but at least the setting material on travel because i was doing this before the setting material was actually written or at least oh, available Scott. to me it, i mean that's the name of the game like i <laughs> i ran a session last night and i used a bunch of the creatures that we're going to talk about in our next episode um but i kind of threw away everything that the book suggested you use them for and use <laughs> them for my own purposes yep that's that's uh that's how we play this game uh, and so in addition to spells, there's also there's also ships. Uh, we mentioned earlier the actual play had a ship that went from uh, one sun to another. Uh, the book mentions sun ships. These are old, sentient, and wise ships that travel on a very strict schedule along the path of suns. So that lets you get sort of the high fantasy uh, cinematic travel. Uh, and you could, you could have adventures on the ship. Uh, I could have... <laughs> now, now I'm trying to think of what... what Path of Suns ship pirates might be. That could be a lot of fun to play with. Ooh, that would be fun. Um, but you could use the tropes of either uh, airship travel or a ship on an ocean, or uh, we'll talk about some, some options in a moment, but you can use actual physical ships to travel. Uh, if you're using more of that kind of Path of Suns as a map of realms approach, as opposed to a Path of Suns as a metaphysical journey. Uh, or internal uh, alignment uh, approach. And again, you can mix these up as, uh, to your choosing. In fact, what I think would be most useful is for us to kind of conclude by talking about inspirations for different means of travel. 
Uh, and I've broken these down into two types. One is the sort of high fantasy type. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you could like we have the sun ships, but you could have your own uh, ships and you could you could modify those sun ships or you might have uh, a, uh, a a train or a rail line. Uh, it's like, well, how can you know, that's 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 OK, but it's a little kind of a literal translation how to make it a little bit more interesting, uh, maybe make it more like a roller coaster. Uh, and uh, you know, you can kind of riff on r- what a surreal roller coaster would be like and t- turn that into your means of transportation. Uh, in terms of the visual aesthetic of the game, uh, I thought of sort of a bathysphere sort of device, a la uh, many of the uh, representations of Wells' uh, time machine. H.G. Uh, Wells' time machine, mm-hmm. often kind of spherical and full of gadget uh, of gadgets and knobs and things like that. You could cr- you could have uh, a kind of high fantasy version of travel based upon this bathysphere traveling through suns as opposed to traveling through time. Uh, but you know, these are kind of literal means of conveyance, uh, forms of transportation, and so they take literally the uh, travel uh, between suns which may be what you're looking for for a high fantasy campaign. Um, but how about the metaphysical aspect since this is an internal map? Right. Uh, and so you may emphasize meta- the metaphysical aspect. And there, I think the starting place instead of you know airships is to start with meditation practices because it's not physically, the emphasis isn't on physically relocating your body, but instead reaching a mental and emotional state that is, uh, kind of attuned with the new sun, so you're not change. You're not moving. You are instead changing your your mind uh, or connecting to a new location. And I think a, a way to start with you know meditation practices might provide some uh, models for how to start, just like you'd start with a train or a, a a cruise ship or something along those lines. You could do this as simple meditation. Someone sits in place maybe uh, or lies down um, and regulates their breathing uh, and then narrate the journal journey as if it were astral projection that you are leaving this physical body and traveling uh, through kind of a, as an astral entity, uh, though that sort of overlaps a bit thematically and and, and sort of in the visuals with uh, the new sphere. So mm-hmm. that you, you, if you have a lot of new sphere, uh, play you might not want to do the astral projection because it's just too similar or you might say the newest fear is kind of how you're doing this it's kind of up to you uh, but there's other practices that are related to meditation um, or that how people kind of practice uh, mindfulness that might also be useful that are a little more active maybe more cinematic and, and uh, fit more into a kind of action story or even just sort of a narrative as we usually understand it. And so you might, uh, one example I've used in, in my game is as having someone who traveled through the performance of an elaborate dance. Um, as a bit of a misdirect, I actually had this character carry one of those completely out of proportion, unrealistic uh, manga swords, mm-hmm. like from a JRPG or something. Yeah, a Buster Sword. Like a yeah, Buster Sword. Um, and so the, 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 just to make people think at at first, oh, this is some you know big physical conflict. This person's gonna you know we're gonna have to if we have to fight this person, we're gonna be fighting this big sword wielding uh, 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 warrior. Or if they're gonna fight on our side, they're gonna be wielding this large sword. Um, but quickly, I they they realized that the sword itself was way too blunt to actually be 
um, a martial weapon. Mm-hmm. Instead, it was really a focus, a focusing item that this person used as part of an elaborate dance. So they had their spell, you might think of it, to travel from sun to sun involved reenacting a, a particular dance with the sword uh, to move through a kata, as we would say in like a martial arts or in, in, in Japanese martial arts. Um, to And the, the, those motions inter, uh, allowed this character to enter, enter a mindful state. Um, and they would, in some sense, cut through the barriers between the suns with the sword, but it's not a literal cutting because it's not a sharp device and you can't really cut between worlds anyway. But it's really just the mindfulness introduced by those movements that open the portal to the other uh, sun. It doesn't have to be a sword. You could do any sort of elaborate dance or, or just movement of some kind. But this is an example of using a part of our world where people use dance or um, they use uh, these sorts of, of prescribed movement patterns in order to uh, attain sort of a sense of mindfulness uh, or calm uh, or attunement to block out the distractions of the world. But you just turn that into a, a way to attune yourself to the path of suns and move from one sun to another. It uh, reminds me of uh, key phrases that I'll go to when I'm trying to get an accent for a character. Right. That's it, it, those key phrases. Uh, and in, in martial arts, these are key movements that are um, kind of stitched together in various ways. And you practice the movements. And in, in some sense, you are just learning by repetition so you know exactly where your feet are supposed to be and how your balance is supposed to be and how your hands are supposed to be and you you are physically reenacting those movements but there's also a sense that as you repeat this hundreds and thousands of times you enter a you learn it so thoroughly that you can make these movements without thinking Mm mm-hmm and so you, you try to induce this sort of mindfulness beyond which there is mindlessness, uh, which I think fits with the tone of uh, the Path of Suns as an internal journey, because you are trying to block out the world and focus on yourself and understand yourself to a sufficient degree that you can move your emotional states and you can move your intellectual states from a, uh, a a green set of state of mind to a blue state of mind or something along those lines. This is visual to people outside of yourself as these movements, uh, though it need not be like with meditation, it might not be visible, but you're doing something very similar by trying to block out extraneous thoughts and sensory input in order to focus on your sort of internal voice. Uh, but it has you know, the movement has the advantage for our purposes of having more of an element you can hook into for narrative uh, that you can describe uh, and provides maybe uh, a more compelling story than uh, raw stationary meditation. But even that can be narrated in a way that would be interesting, just have to be different because you'd be narrating the subjective experience of what it's like to be inside your head as you're slowly closing off your sensory awareness of the world around you to focus internally. Mm -hmm. Uh, That that can be challenging. It can be rewarding and you probably want to mix all of these together. But these are just different options you can have for how to play uh, the modes of transportation uh, in a game where that transportation may not be physical. It may be metaphysical. 
In my setting, I suspect I'll do both. There'll be some people who float on ships from sun to sun, and there's others that will meditate their way there. Yeah, for us, it's a lot of casting spells and traveling to where they want to go. Right, and then the meditation itself may be the casting of the spell. Because mm-hmm. you can yeah. decide for yourself what it takes to cast these spells. This ends our walk. Maybe you discovered something today. Maybe you need to look closer. The music was titled Beyond from Wes Otis and Plate Mail Games. It is available from DriveThruRPG. Invisible Sun is the intellectual property of Monty Cook Games. You can find a link to their website in the show notes. You can find our blog at incantationspodcast.blogspot.com or email us at incantationspodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at Agonseer, that's at A-G-O-N-S-E-E-R, on Twitter. And you can find me at Tex underscore Red on Twitter. So please leave us a rating and a review on iTunes uh, or whichever uh, podcast app you are using. Uh, It really helps us out. Uh, We also like seeing ratings and reviews, whether they're good or bad. Uh, Or else just tell a friend about the show. That's another great way to get the word out and help people find us.